Hi there, this is Omar Crook, host of Living with a Genius. I want to personally thank you for your financial support. Your donation helps keep this show chugging right along, and I truly couldn't do it without you. As always, thanks for listening. Be kind, do good work, and until next time. Here's Living with a Genius for November 15th, 2020. Genius mathematician and astronomer Johannes Kepler died on this day in 1630. Kepler is best remembered for confirming the Copernican model, a sun-centered rather than earth-centered solar system, and for showing the truth of the theory through his three famous laws of planetary motion. He's also known for working on the science of refraction, the splitting of light into its component colors, and for the basic science behind correcting eyeglasses. Kepler was born in Wilderstadt, Germany, to a poor family. During the 16th century, religion was still responsible for the education of the populace, and so Kepler studied in religious schools. He began studying at the University of Tübingen in 1518 and wished to become a theologian, but his awe of God is the very thing that led him to astronomy. The purpose of Kepler's work was always religious. He wanted to understand the universe in order to understand God. Kepler's mathematics teacher, German astronomer Michael Maestlin, lent Kepler an annotated copy of Copernicus's book on the revolutions of the celestial spheres. At the time, the idea of an Earth-centered universe had long been accepted among scholars, and famously, Copernicus's view of sun-centeredness was never accepted in his lifetime. Despite the overwhelming consensus, it was Kepler who decided to dedicate his life to prove Copernicus's theory correct, famously saying, I much prefer the sharpest criticism of a single intelligent man to the thoughtless approval of the masses. In 1595, Kepler was teaching mathematics at a high school. He wasn't a good teacher, as he wasn't dynamic and often mumbled to himself. It was during this period when he had a profound, although incorrect, revelation. His thought at the time was that the spacing of the six planets known at the time could be explained by inscribing and circumscribing spheres and the five platonic solids. His work proved false, but Kepler continued to work at the idea for years, trying unsuccessfully to prove it true. In 1600, the early astronomer William Gilbert published his famous early work discussing the Earth's magnetic nature. Kepler grasped at the notion that magnetism might be a key for finding a system that would explain Mars's retrograde motion. Again, he was wrong, but as so often happens in science, going down wrong roads led him, ultimately, to a great discovery. Kepler needed accurate data to be able to win what he described as the war with Mars, but he knew the astronomical data tables of his time were inaccurate and wouldn't do the job. Meanwhile, also in 1600, Danish astronomer Tycho Brahe was in the process of acquiring much more accurate astronomical data on the positions of the planets. He invited Kepler to his castle and observatory near Prague. At first, the two astronomers didn't get along. Kepler wanted to solve the mystery of the sky, 
Tico didn't really want to share his data, and he spent his time entertaining guests and drinking. However, only a year after Kepler's arrival, Tycho died under strange circumstances and bequeathed his astronomical measurements to Kepler. Tycho's data let Kepler refine his model for planetary motion, and it led him to create what we today call Kepler's Three Laws of Planetary Motion. Kepler's work was the foundation for the work of Isaac Newton in defining and explaining how gravity works. Newton used Kepler's law to formulate his law of universe gravitation, and it remained the most powerful understanding of gravity that the world had ever known, until Albert Einstein appeared on the scene in the early 20th century. In addition to astronomy, Kepler was also interested in optics. He explained how a telescope works, how refraction occurs in our eyes, and the phenomenon of depth perception. He also explained how eyeglass lenses compensate for the distortions that are caused by poor vision, forming the scientific basis of today's practice of vision correction. Today, we remember Kepler as one of history's greatest scientists, with NASA's powerful and successful Kepler Planet Hunter named in his memory. Kepler is also wonderfully quotable, and if you find yourself needing a break from doom-scrolling, they're easy to find. One of my favorite quotes appears in correspondence between Kepler and Galileo. Oh, my dear Kepler, Galileo writes, how I wish that we could have one hearty laugh together. Here at Padua is the principal professor of philosophy, whom I have repeatedly and urgently requested to look at the moon and planets through my glass telescope, which he pertinaciously refuses to do. Why are you not here? What shouts of laughter we should have at this glorious folly! And to hear the professor of philosophy at Pisa laboring before the Grand Duke with logical arguments, as if with magical incantations to charm the new planets out of the sky. In response, Kepler writes, Repudiating the sensible world, which he neither sees himself nor believes from those who have, the peripatetic joins combat by childish quibbling in a world on paper, and denies the sun shines because he himself is blind. Thanks for listening. Be kind, do good work, and until next time.